consciousness and understanding. Channelings from Clyde Trepanier. A note from Carla L. Ruckert. Don Elkins had a very limited exposure to both Walt Rogers and Clyde Trepanier's channeling in the early 1960s, after which time he had no more contact with either man's work. Clyde Trepanier continued to channel until the late 1980s. LL Research became reacquainted with this additional material of his in 2011, at which time we offered to create a section on the LL site to archive it. We would like to make it clear that the transcripts in the zipped file below beyond the early 60s do not have any direct relationship to LL Research. That material moves into areas which are not in congruence with the work of LL Research. Because of this, we would take a step back from recommending or endorsing it to anyone. It is, however, a part of the extraterrestrial channeling story that otherwise might have been lost to research. We are grateful for the willingness of the Detroit group members, past and present, to share this material. Man, Consciousness and Understanding Volume 4 Sessions from January 1962 Introduction The groupings of communications contained in this enclosure are informative teaching instructions for developing a better understanding of ourselves, of the problems of our modern times, and of the magnitude of the future lying before us. The nature and the text of these communications differ in respect to the many spiritual studies of truth available to the seeker. Therefore, a few words are necessary to explain their source. On and around our earth, there exist millions of beings from other regions and other realms of the universe who have attained a much higher and much greater degree of understanding in their evolution. To those who will listen, they extend their friendship and offer their understanding and wisdom that the Homo sapiens race on earth might awaken unto themselves and work to usher in the new golden age presently dawning. Within these pages, the words you read are those received from physical beings aboard spacecraft who hail from other parts of the universe, and from wonderful, radiant beings who enjoy the perfect life in the higher realms of existence. The reader is to understand that these communications were received through a human channel, who was one among a small group of earnest seekers of truth. These words of enlightenment, even those spoken to a small group, also apply to the whole of mankind and may be used by any and all who are seeking a more abundant life. With their deepest love and blessings, these beings of higher understanding offer their knowledge to all who seek the truth. Affirmations for Meditation by Hatan O Radiant One, 
Send forth thy light and surround each of us, thy children, that we may have enlightenment and wisdom. We relax and give ourselves completely to the Father. We relax and give ourselves wholly and completely to Him. We know that all is well as we relax in His arms. We give our whole selves to the Father. We want only to do His will. We relax and give ourselves wholly and completely to Him. I am His perfect child. He guides me and directs me. He continually surrounds me with His pure white light. I visualize this radiant substance of purest white until I actually feel the consciousness of the Father, His presence, His power, His light and love flowing through me. I relax in His presence. He is the ever-loving Father and Creator. He loves me and protects me. He is the one and only power and intelligence. I am His perfect expression. He expresses through me. I am a doer of His will. The Father and I are one. There is but a single power and intelligence. This great power and intelligence is now a part of me. It is guiding me and protecting me at all times. I give myself completely to this great power and intelligence. I am part of it. I live and have my being in this the Father. Amen. Friday, January 5th, 1962. Peace be with each of you, my friends. It gives me great pleasure to come among you in this manner and to have the opportunity to say to you a few words. I know that in your minds are many questions concerning the whys and wherefores of life as you see it. Perhaps to many of you, there seems to be great injustice in life, and I understand how this would appear, yet I say to you that man will always be dealt with justly. In the times that are ahead, I am sure that you will see exactly what I refer to. For if there comes about upon your planet some of the conditions that have been described as possibilities, the degree of these possibilities depend entirely upon Earthman and what he chooses to do from here on. Your Creator is a loving and just Creator, and it is not his desire to have to, through his laws, destroy man, nor does he. The judgment that will be reaped upon mankind will be exactly that which he has brought upon himself, and this can be to whatever degree he chooses through his own doing and thinking. Perhaps the word destroying may be misinterpreted here, but I refer to this at this time only as a civilization. These same souls have come up through at least three civilizations upon your earth and reached a point wherein they could have either developed into a civilization such as exists on many other planets in your system, 
but they chose to bring destruction upon themselves and return again to the state of cavemen living and understanding and start again to climb the ladder of becoming a race of men. Today, due to the moving of your solar system, it will not be possible for the present race to repeat again upon this planet its same pattern. You have been told that he who is righteous has nothing to fear, and this be true. For those who have been sincere and have truly attempted to live a life of just existence, and have had a love for their fellow man and have put forth their efforts to raise their civilization in spiritual understanding, are going to observe from a vantage point exactly how man has dealt justice to himself. For those whom I have just mentioned will not pass through the great suffering that will come to those who have misused their fellow man and violated the laws of their creator ruthlessly with no regard and no love for their fellow man. You will know then what is meant by the day of judgment or justice. Then will you understand. Then will you know that those whom you thought were reaping great benefits from their wrongdoings, you will know then the meaning of these things. Earthman considers himself as having reached great heights in wisdom, in scientific knowledge, by gaining control of a few powers or energies that have such great potentials as to be able to destroy a planet, little realizing the very great unimportance of these things and missing completely the importance of his soul. For some reason, Earthman, through his civilizations, seems to always get the emphasis upon the wrong side. For all these things will avail mankind nothing, lest he have spiritual understanding and development, for he will only destroy himself. In creation, all things were created to be used for the good of mankind. Your Creator intended for man to have all things necessary for his happiness. He made provision in all ways that man should have all things necessary and beyond for his well-being and his peace of mind. But he also gave man a free will, an opportunity to choose. For lest man has free will and is faced with choice, he is only a robot. Therefore, man must choose wisely. He must see singly. He must search for the truth. For man is dependent upon man and was created thus, so that man might work together as one and become as one, all equal in the sight of the Creator. And man will climb the ladder over and over until this realization becomes a part of his being. No man has the right to take the life of another or take from another, or live by the sweat of the brow of another. All men must be creative. The wasted energy and manpower in your civilization is appalling. If you were to break down into numbers the actual productive people of your planet, perhaps the small number would amaze you. And this, my friends, 
is not as it was intended by your Creator. Many of these things must change if your civilization is to become a civilization of people capable of joining in the great brotherhood of man that are joined together throughout space. Yours is not the only planet in space that finds itself in this condition. There are many others in other systems, but as man reaches the realization of what and who he is, and as he reaches out with his consciousness and grasps the importance of spiritual understanding and of becoming a part of the brotherhood of man, he moves into a new phase of life and he finds a great feeling of peace and serenity coming into his life and he begins to realize that he is now entering and finding that for which he has so long sought and that he is now truly on the path of truth and understanding. Long enough I have rambled, my friends. I leave you by extending my very greatest love, peace, and understanding. So be it. Thursday, January 11th, 1962. Peace, peace, peace. My beloved children, many times I have stood among you and peered deep into your innermost soul, but I do not see what you see when you look into a mirror, but rather I see a being of great beauty, of great depth, of strength. I see there a being ready to be awakened and blossom forth into the great being of love that you really are. And, beloved ones, when the day of the great unfoldment comes within you, you too will peer into the souls whom you observe and will also see this beauty of which I speak. For, beloved ones, all mankind has this beauty within him when you are able to see past the unreality and truly see into reality. As you move down the corridors of time, let your awareness grow. Observe the beauty that lies about you. Observe the handiworks of your Creator in His creations. Observe nature in the raw, in your plant life, your animal life and then peer into the heavens and truly see the great works. Observe closely. Allow your consciousness to open wide and really take in the beauty that lies therein, and soon a realization will begin to dawn in your consciousness of the true greatness of creation. And then the realization will begin to come to you of the true greatness of the creation of man for man was given dominion over all of these great things. Man was given this great dominion, and the realization will begin to unfold, and you shall truly begin to realize just what man is. Not in an egotistical way that will inflate your ego, but in a humble and mature way, and you will begin to realize the responsibilities that have been placed upon mankind by being given this dominion and these powers. 
and a realization will come to you of how these great powers of man must be blended together to bring into being a complete brotherhood and understanding between man. And there shall begin to grow within your consciousness a realization of your great at-oneness with all of these things. And gradually, you shall begin to blend yourself into this great sea of creation, into this great mass of mankind. And you shall begin to move into it and become one with it. And then, a true understanding of creation and its mysteries shall begin a process of unfoldment within your being. And then, beloved ones, you shall be truly on the path of truth and understanding. I warn you, beloved ones, this is not a short path, but is a long, continuous path of unfoldment, for there is much to learn, much to understand. But as this understanding grows and grows, you shall find that the path becomes ever more beautiful, becomes more intriguing, step by step, and your desire to absorb more and more of these great truths shall grow ever stronger within you, accompanied by great peace and a great feeling of love, such as has never been known to you. For the true concept of love does not really dawn in the heart of man until he has truly embarked upon this path. This, beloved ones, is beyond word of mouth to describe. It is much too beautiful to attempt to put into words, but rather is something for man to know, to experience. I say these things to you because I know within each of you is this tiny spark that is helping you ever onward to seek more. I know that this spark of desire to reach out is within each of you, and in my humble way, I attempt to fan this spark, to get it a little brighter, so that its influences will be more felt. And I know, as I peered into the innermost being of each of you, that this desire is much greater than you have recognized, and soon it shall burst into a flame that will bring warmth into your heart and help you to move in the direction and upon the path that you desire. My very, very deepest love and blessings I extend to each of you. Peace, 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 so be it. Tuesday, January 16th, 1962. Good evening to you, my friends. I am Yum. It gives me great pleasure to once more come among my friends. I am sure that there are many, many questions in the minds of each of you. I shall not attempt to answer all of these questions, but perhaps in our discussion this evening, some of them will become more clear in your mind. The evolution of man, relative to time, perhaps, is not too easily conceived by some of you. The evolution of man is often spoken of by your peoples, and I am inclined to think that, perhaps too often, this is thought of by you in terms of one civilization, 
But my friends, this is not necessarily so. For in the evolution of Earth-man, for instance, he has risen through more than one civilization to a point where he could have blossomed forth into a beautiful race of man. But due to unwise thinking or choosing, he has brought about a condition that has caused him to lose, temporarily, that which he has gained, for he did not take the right path. He chose a path of science without spiritual understanding. His interest, let us say, in the scientific was greater than his interest in the soul or the spiritual part of man. And as he moved forward in his advancement, gradually the scientific part moved farther and farther ahead of his spiritual part, and he came into possession of energies, powers, scientific knowledge which he could not cope with due to the lack of spiritual growth. In the case of the civilization prior to this one, man moved in much closer balance than he has in this present civilization. He reached a point where a great majority of the civilization had a very good spiritual understanding, along with scientific understanding. And his science reached a much higher evolvement than that which exists upon your planet today. But there was a point there that was reached when certain elements of civilization began to desire power over mankind. In other words, he began to doubt some of the truths he had learned in relation to universal law, and he allowed to grow within him the desire for power, power over his fellow man. And as this power began to increase, the desire began to increase more and more for himself. Thus, as man became weaker and weaker spiritually, his power began to destroy him. And eventually great chaos was brought about, and the destruction of a great race of people came about. And again they found themselves at the bottom of the ladder. They were the Atlanteans and Lemurians. Both races existed on this planet simultaneously. So man again is climbing the ladder of evolution. But this does not say that all men of this civilization are again climbing this ladder of evolution. For those of that time who remained steadfast in their pursuit of truth and understanding, and stayed steadfastly to the laws of universal love and understanding, have moved on in their evolution. But this was a great minority and so shall that occur again. But man himself can only make this choice. Man has always the right to choose his path. It would be well, be very well for all of you to review the prophecies that are written in your Bible histories, and to attempt to interpret these into your present day times. Read all of the prophecies given there, read them well, and interpret them into your present-day language. Realize that these prophecies were given by the prophets of old, and they put them into words as best as they could at that time. But I am sure, with a little thought, a little meditation, you can interpret the meanings to apply to present-day conditions. But remember, too, 
that all prophecies are conditional. Read both the Old Testament prophecies and the New Testament ones. Read them both. For the prophecies of the Old gave men true prophecies, as did the later ones. But try to interpret them in present-day terms that will be understandable to you. It is also said that no man shall know the hour or the day. And this, my friends, is true. For it is not given to man, what we know as man, to know these things. No man that liveth in the physical or upon this planet is given to know the hour. And I know in my own heart that the day and the hour and the event depend upon the action of man involved. My friends, all of you face great decisions. Many of you have come a great way in your understanding in a very short time. I know that there are many things that often puzzle you. Often, there seem to be great decisions to be made. It would seem it would be a great help if others were to help you to make decisions. And perhaps you get a great deal more help in making decisions of some of these decisions than you realize. Yet if man tries to be aware of his innermost feeling, he will find that great help can be had in these things. I know that many of you, my friends, have felt a great closeness, a drawing together with others. Yet there seems to be no real reason for this. And oft times you try, you attempt to break or pull apart, yet you are drawn again and again. Does this tell you anything, my friends? It tells me a great deal. Some of you have much to do together, and you will find as you follow these impulses, these magnetic forces, that things begin to fall into place. And remember this, my friends, that man does not exist alone, but man is dependent upon man. This is something that your civilization seems to have forgotten to a degree. I am sure that in the future, you are going to find great need for each other. You are going to find great strength and great aid coming from each other. I know that to some, it has become very discouraging at times, very much so, and the feeling grows within one that he can give no more. Yet, that in peering within his heart, he again finds strength to go on. He finds there a spark of hope, which again raises his courage and strength, and he goes on. Yet again he wakens, and again he finds this spark. But my friends, man will always be so, until he finds his true at-oneness with mankind. My friends, you have a wonderful road before you. The path that stretches before you affords great opportunities for each one to show his courage and his sincerity to be one in the brotherhood of mankind. I say to you, my friends, go forward with the light ever before you. 
taking advantage of every opportunity that presents itself for you to become a more pure child of creation. Each of you is endowed with certain abilities that your Creator placed within you. Use these to the best of your ability for all mankind. And as you do this, you will find greater and greater capabilities developing within your consciousness, step by step as you move down the path of truth. It has been my very great pleasure to again be with you. If I have been of the slightest service to you, I am grateful. I wish to extend to each of you my very, very deepest love and blessings, and I hold for each of you the highest vision for you in your development and in your search. Good night to you all, my friends. It has been very nice to be with you. Wednesday, January 24th, 1962. Good evening to you, my friends. I am Yom. It gives me great pleasure to come among you this evening and to be able to share with you. I know that in the minds of many of you there is great wonderment, shall we say, as to what will take place due to the conjunction of the planets. So I say this to you, my friends, I am not a prophet, therefore I do not attempt to prophesy. But watch the events of this year very closely, for this will be a very eventful year. Some of the events that will take place are going to have great effect upon the future of the two great powers upon your planet today, and also upon your entire civilization. But also, the influence of this event will be much more far-reaching and will extend over many years to come. That is all I have to say concerning this. But I should like to, with your permission, speak to you for a little while concerning some of the other things that you were discussing earlier in your gathering. My friends, remember that you are living in a universe of energy even you, yourself, are pure energy. What you call electricity plays a great part in the function of your universe and your planet. And remember, too, that your planet is not only a great mass of substance, but it is, in its own right, an entity in itself. This, my friends, is something to consider. Perhaps this would be somewhat difficult to conceive, but... Nevertheless, this is true, and someday, as you come into a greater understanding of the function of your great universe, you will agree with me. But your planet is contained within an envelope that you call your atmosphere, and this is made up of many layers of various combinations of gases, and some of these contain pure gas of one kind or another such as hydrogen. There is a layer around your planet which consists of pure hydrogen, and these layers are many and varied, but each has a definite function to perform. Your planet also consists of, or functions by, 
frequencies of vibration. That is to say, these have effects upon the planet and its atmosphere. Now, let us stop here for a moment and go to something else. Thought. You spoke of thought and its power. Now, my friends, there is much greater power in thought than is realized by any of you. For thought is energy upon a certain frequency, and this also has, or rather could be, broken down into various frequencies, like your electrical current. I refer to that because, perhaps, it is more familiar to you. It has been proven by your own scientists that there are thousands and thousands of frequencies in your electrical current that can be transmitted on many thousands of frequencies, and frequencies far beyond what your scientists have discovered. They have not reached the ultimate of these things by far, but thought can also be transmitted on many frequencies, and this will determine the effect that it has upon the envelope of your Earth. Now, my friends, here again, these energies, when they are released, do not cease to exist in a short time. They, too, go on into the envelope of your Earth, and depending upon the frequency of vibration, or perhaps I should say, the frequency of vibration will depend upon... No, I must try to make this more clear. You know sometimes, it is quite difficult for me to transfer my thoughts into your language, of which I am not too familiar. But if you will forgive this lack of ability that I have not quite overcome yet, I shall proceed. The effect that these frequencies will have in the envelope of your Earth will depend on the frequency of the thought. Now, you say, what determines the frequency of the thought? There are several things there, too. The motive back of the thought will determine somewhat the frequency. Also, the type of thought. For instance, thoughts of resentment, of hate, of fear. Each has its frequency, and this frequency has its effect, and will eventually seek out the same vibration or level of vibration in the envelope. As this builds up in the Earth's envelope and becomes greater and greater in quantity, it will have its effect upon the Earth, because the Earth's envelope has an effect upon the Earth and determines what takes place. Now, weather, earthquakes, or many, many things are affected, or your planet is affected by these things through the envelope of your Earth a great deal more than your scientists realize. You see, my friends, why a planet of people living in harmony, living for the good of each other, eliminating hate, resentment, greed, their minds working at all times in what you call positive thinking, you see why these planets do not face conditions that the planets do who do not recognize the importance of these things. So you see, it is very important we allow our minds to function. The act, my dear friends, is not nearly as important as the thought back of the act, for if it were not for the thought, the act would not occur.
So that is why planet Earth faces what it faces today. In your religious books or your Bible, there is spoken something about a day of judgment, and some of your religions make a great issue of this. They believe that the dead shall come to life and everyone shall be judged. Like, you've been good, you go here. You've been bad, you go there. Well, my friends, there is truly coming a day of judgment, but it shall not occur in this manner, for no great deity is going to sit upon a great throne and separate his sheep. But each man will receive justice according to his own thoughts. He shall bring upon himself his own judgment. Many of you, or should I say all of you, shall witness this judgment, for it does not matter if you are in this dimension that you call physical chemical, or whether you are in what you call the astral life. The judgment day will be far-reaching and will include all of Earth people, regardless of the dimension they happen to exist in at this time, for there is very little separation between the two dimensions. In fact, if all of you had developed within you your full senses, you would know this, for in reality there is no separation. You have taken place a dimension within a dimension. But as you have been told before, those who have used their powers in the right way, who have attempted to live a life of justice, who have seen the needs of their fellow man and met them, who have faced up to their responsibilities, they have nothing to fear, for all shall be well with them. But they shall witness this judgment, and they shall understand. They shall know at this time that man is always dealt with justly through the laws of his Creator, and not by his Creator, that he brings about his own conditions. His own punishment or whatsoever you should like to call it. Now, my friends, I think I have taken enough of your time. Perhaps one of the other teachers would like to speak to your group through one of the other instruments here. I understand there are others here. It has been my very great pleasure to spend this time with you. I wish to extend to this household my gratitude for accepting me into this household, and perhaps again we shall meet. I sincerely hope so. I wish to extend to each of you my very deepest love and blessings, and may each of you reach the heights that you are seeking in your understanding. I encourage each of you to search diligently. Good night to you, my friends. It has been my very great pleasure to be with you. Friday, January 26th, 1962. Peace be with you, my friends. First, I should like to commend you all for banding together in groups such as this to attempt to expand your consciousness. Too few people upon planet Earth today are making any attempt to do this. You are told by your astrologers that you live in an ever-expanding universe and this be true. And if this be true, 
then man must also be continually expanding his consciousness if he is to grow with the universe in which he lives. Man of earth has not done well in this subject. His efforts are too often spent in the wrong direction. He attempts too often to do things in his way, and thus he finds himself in conflict with the great laws of the universe. If you are to discover the laws of the energies that nature has supplied to bring about the functions of the laws that cause the planets throughout the universe, the stars, and all things to function as they were intended, then first you must observe the action of these energies. Observe them closely. In the latter part of your 19th century, a certain individual volunteered to incarnate upon your planet and bring to your people the knowledge of some of these energies. Now this individual, during his incarnation upon this planet, was not aware altogether of his mission. Yet, there burned within him the great urge and the great knowing that he must do these things, and that within him lay the power to bring this into being. And also a great knowing lay within the consciousness of this individual that, in order to bring this into being, he must observe. He must observe the actions of nature. He must study very closely her actions and reactions. And so this he did. And as he observed these actions and reactions with great intensity, he found surging up within him great revelations concerning these things. As the realization of the importance of this study and observation of nature became more and more apparent to him, greater and greater revelations unfolded within his consciousness until a point was reached that he was bringing to your scientific world knowledge, facts and demonstrations so rapidly that your scientists of the times became lost in even attempting to follow. But even then, many of the great revelations that were given to your people at that time were thwarted by the powers that would put self-gain ahead of the welfare of mankind. So many of the revelations of this man were not even brought to light, for he realized in his latter days upon earth that Earthman had not developed to the point to receive these things. I tell you this, beloved friends, only to illustrate my point. If you would go forward in your growth, do not allow walls to become built in your consciousness, but keep the doors open that you may expand. For when walls are built, they are difficult to tear down. Nature does not work in this manner, and neither will you be successful in this manner. Recognize the urges that rise up within you for what they are. Become master of yourself, for only you can determine if this urge is for the good of your well-being or your fellow man. Those of you who are anxious to move forward in the advancement of your understanding, of your spiritual growth, who are anxious to move forward in behalf of bringing good to your fellow man, whether it be of a scientific nature or of a development to improve your standards, to lessen the labors of man. 
these matter not, for all things that benefit man are good. But whatever the urge may be, attempt to make close observation of the law surrounding this urge, and you will find, in making this close observation, that nature will reveal to you the answers. But you must be sincere, and your motives must be high, if the results are to be good. With this, my friends, I shall depart. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace.